Hey guys, what is up? Today we're doing an episode a little bit different. So you've probably seen almost everywhere that there are episodes about everyone's lessons they learned in 2018 and so forth, but I wanted to change it up a little bit. I want to talk about where I went in 2018 and how that changed my business. So without further ado, let's get into the show. You're listening to The Female Entrepreneur's Journey, The Good, The Bad, and The Branding with Danielle Clem, the weekly podcast created for fellow entrepreneurs, whether just starting out, established in your business, or simply testing out the waters. We're here to put the real back in entrepreneurial reality. Each episode guides you through the different paths walked and lessons learned by fellow bosses, how they got through it, and tips that got them there sprinkled in with a little business branding and a whole lot of heart. One question is, are you ready to dive in? Here's your host, designer, marketer, and frequent iced coffee drinker, Danielle Clem. This guide I created with my own bare hands, with my own little typing fingers, to really help you hit sold out service status. I know it can be hard out there trying to create consistent stream of clients and leads online. I get it, which is why I created this guide for you. So if you want that, then head to my link in the show notes to grab your copy or go to bit.ly.com slash dk10ways and... I'm going to try and spell this the best I can, which is bit.ly, B-I-T-L-Y dot com slash D-K number one zero ways. And if you really didn't want to try and spell that, you can find it in the show notes below. That's there for you. And really, let's start getting your business and your marketing up to new heights. So, okay, guys. So I noticed I have not talked about this enough, but 2018 was actually a good amount of traveling for me. I mean... 2019, I expect the same, but it was the areas of my first international trip and then another national trip six months later and conferences first time and it was just so many things of first times for me and I realized I had not talked about it enough on Instagram and actually I was crafting a post a couple of days ago talking about how it was when I first started my, you know, nine days in Europe, which is the first trip I ever did. So what I want to do here is go through the cities that I went to and talk about the lessons not only did I learn, but also that you can apply in your business. And that changed mine, honestly. So for those who might not have read my post, the first place that I went to in 2018, literally, like the first week of 2018, was actually first it was Europe. So this came about when it was kind of a present to myself when I was like, you know, I've wanted to go international and especially to Italy for... I want to say almost 10 years. And for the longest time, I, you know, made excuse about it. I didn't know if I could travel solo, all these things. And I actually found a traveling company that I actually partnered with called uh, EF College Break. And you can go even if you're not in college, I think, until you're 28 or so. It's like 18 and 28. So you can go with people who, you know, are around your age, who are maybe like 10 to 20 people with a guide. And this was very interesting for me because not only was it my first international trip, but it was one with a company and also one with a guide. So I'll say when it comes to the first place we went to, which was London. Now, I think everyone has had this on their bucket list. If you've gone, let me know. I'd love to hear from you. DM me at I'm Danielle Clem. I love talking about travel stories. So when I first touched down there, I had a tickle in my throat. Before that, I promise you. 
I had, I was not sick. There was no sign of it, but you know, after a good 13, 14 hour flight and you don't sleep that much on it, I had a cough. And unfortunately, within the next day or two, it developed to be a lot worse and actually developed bronchitis in another country. Not even joking. Don't know how it happened. (laughs) That's the first lesson, which was expect the unexpected. So good thing for me is I actually had planned out a good amount of my posts throughout the week. I normally don't do this, but I thought it was going to be smart to do. And I was right (laughs) because after I felt this way, it was whenever I get bronchitis or respiratory infection, um, you know, you get mucus in your lungs, you're coughing all the time, you're tired, and it was just all around not a great deal. So London was kind of a blur for me because I legitimately was inside for two days straight almost. And when I was outside, it was severely cold. So it just activated my throat. Anyway, and the first thing from that was expect the unexpected because I legitimately did not did not bring any cold medicine. Trying to figure out how to <laughs> what ingredients are to do uh, in other countries was, you know, crazy. And the second part of that was also asking for help. Uh, thankfully, my tour guide was really helpful. He tried his best to like help me out as much as I could, but obviously there's 20 other people. You have to make sure you're helping them as well. So this is also for business. So obviously, expect the unexpected is very common. You probably heard that everywhere. And as well as ask for help, but not many of you actually do it. And I don't mean this to call you guys out, but it's because I was there as well, was when you went down 2018 and you hit a road bump or hit an obstacle, what was your first thing to do? Was it to worry? Was it to reach out to someone? Was it to start to think, oh, I don't know if I can do this? Was it to buy another course? Like, what was your first reaction? And think, how did that actually help you out? And then from there, think about, okay, what would have been the best line of action to do? Usually for me, uh, I worry first. <laughs> I get, you know, anxiety first and I want to talk it out with others uh, just so that I can kind of have that anxiety out. But what I noticed was for a lot of us, it's actually taking time to first step back so you can really get a bird's eye view, which we'll talk about later, and also ask for help because sometimes an outside perspective is truly helpful. And then the next part of this, which I'm laughing about while I say it because, wow. Um, so for New Year's Day, we actually went to a New Year's night, you know, to ring in the new year. They had in London a fireworks show they didn't start till midnight, and unfortunately, because of how the subway system is down there, or the underground system, um, it gets pretty packed, so we had to leave a little bit earlier, so we were sitting outside for a good hour and a half, and I was still feeling really terrible, but what's interesting about London, or about a lot of places in Europe or outside of the U.S., is you gotta fight for what you want, and what I mean by that is, when I was in Europe, when I was in London especially, uh, we were walking down the underground to go up to the actual city, and someone just straight shoulder blocked me, and I was like, wow, what is this? Why, why did I get hit? And I realized it's because most people in the U.S., or at least in this country that I've noticed, it's very easy to kind of step aside or, you know, um, you know, stick to one side and you'll be good, but in Europe or a lot of other countries, you just go for it. Like, you... If you want to get outside of there, if you want to get to your next place, you got to fight for it and you got to push whoever you can. Not saying that's the greatest objective, but I noticed it happening a lot to people. And I wanted to put that in there because once I got pushed, I was so confused. I was like, what is this? What is happening? I've never experienced this. And not only was it like a culture shock, but also it was more of just a, 
this is just how people do it there. They really just take it into their own hands and they're not as, um, they're not as polite as I would think when it comes to like moving around. Not saying that the people in general, but just for this one instance of trying to leave the subway station, trying to walk around, they're very much more like fight for what you want. So using that in your business, obviously, that one's kind of a given. Is just figuring out what what drives you, what is your why, and what are you willing to actually fight for to go forward. So that's London. There's actually a lot more in there that I forgot about. I went to see um, a musical when I was there. It was, I saw Wicked there actually, which was an amazing musical. And I had heard parts of it, you know, when I was watching Glee years ago, but never actually listened to the soundtrack. And it was awesome. There's a whole lesson in there too that I don't think I need to speak about too much. I can actually do a separate podcast episode maybe later down the year about the musicals that I've seen. Fun fact, I'm a musical lover <laughs> and I, and the ones like the lessons that I've learned from there and it implemented it into my business um, and maybe a small sing along part if I really get enough courage to do that. So moving on from London, we went to Paris for the next city. Now, I was still feeling pretty bad during Paris and we went over there, we went to our hotel room or to our hotel, I should say, and I'm not kidding you. Our rooms were delayed for two hours. Honestly, it might have been three, but it was for two hours. We were just sitting there. We were just sitting in the lobby. It's like, what, what's happening? What's going on? Our guide was trying so hard to make things work. And I just noticed that there was a lot of miscommunication. And apparently, we found out later that the hotel staff had gone on strike. That's fun. Um... So it took a lot longer for them to actually go forward and clean our rooms, which smelled like smoke and a whole other stuff. Anyway, one thing that I noticed from that was obviously customer service trumps all. Like after that, I would never recommend the hotel. I'm not going to speak about which one it is, but I'd never recommend it. I'd never talk about the staff again because it was honestly really terrible. Like the London one was so, it was amazing compared to that one. It's also newer, but man, that was a really terrible story. So the first one's customer service can really make or break your business. And I think you know that already. But the second part of this is, oh, I hate talking about this one because I'm going to get a lot of flack for it. And so don't judge a book by its cover. So honestly, I did not care for Paris. I'm going to be straight up with you guys. I loved the city. Like the, arch- the architecture was beautiful. Everything was gorgeous. But I noticed there's a stigma you know, around people who we met, at least, who did not care for us and they were not helpful in what we do. So I noticed there's kind of a common sense when it comes to being uh, in France or in other countries. You try to speak a little bit of the language and they'll help you out. If you don't try and speak some of the language, then they're not going to help you out. At least that's from the many cases that I saw. And because of that, I noticed I kind of got a you know bad vibe off of that. There was just a taint of Paris all around. Now, I did see the Eiffel Tower. That was gorgeous. Architecture, again, was beautiful. But those two main instances just stuck in my mind. And I realized that really people, relationship building, customer service, like all those things are so important to think about for your business. And I noticed so many of us, or a lot of people now talking online, really try and emphasize the fact of automating things, automating your business, automating your marketing. The problem with that sometimes is you're taking out the connection piece. You're taking out the relationship building part. You know, I I noticed this happening for me. I was 
basically I learned and I did for the first couple months of my business where it was all about automation, automating this, automating that. And what problem, the problem was people actually didn't buy from me then. The sales that I got were from people who had interacted with me, who we talked about here and there, who had engaged on lives with me. They were not from people who just went straight to my email list and did nothing. And I want you to realize that in your business, it's not always about automating, automating, automating. There is a huge piece on relationship building and the right way to do it, not just spend hours upon hours in Messenger or, you know, DMing people. There's a right way to do that. And if you need help with that, then DM me or go take my 10 ways to sales consistency PDF, which will at least give you some areas on what you can improve in your business. Okay, so moving on from Paris, we had to wake up around 4 a.m., I kid you not to take a bus to the airport to go to Rome and arrive there on 9 a.m. Everything was very scheduled. I wasn't mad at it. I was mad at the early morning times, not gonna not gonna lie, but I wasn't mad at being able to just kind of glide through it. So when we got on the plane, I tried to sleep for a little bit, woke up, and for the first time in literally eight days, I saw the sun. It was so cloudy, so windy, so rainy throughout the London especially and Paris as well. But the first time I saw sun in the country that I wanted to see so badly. And it was just one of those like, you know, you see or hear in those shows, like they have the hallelujah or um, angel voice come through. It felt like that for me because I was just like, oh my gosh, this is what I was waiting for. This is what I wanted it to be like. And it was just beautiful. And I think the one, the easiest lesson for me that came from that was there's always hope on the other side. Like, usually you have to go through a lot of crap <laughs> in the first part to get to the good part. And I think you guys realize that for your business as well. Is maybe the first couple of months or even first year that you're in business, it was a lot more like work, 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 do, do, do. And I think that although that's really helpful, it's not sustainable. You have to have a little bit more strategic aspects of that. And that's where the other side comes in, which was Rome for me. So with Rome, one of the biggest things that I wanted to see was anything history. I, I'm a really weirdly like world history buff. I love uh, Rome and Greek history, but also mythology. I think it's really interesting. So we went to the Colosseum and we went around the ruins and just had this beautiful, beautiful city that was like a mixture of old and new. And for me, I noticed that one, newer does not always mean better. And I want to tell this to anyone <laughs> who's listening and is thinking about buying another course or another program, or another whatever, is newer, newer tactics, newer marketing, newer anything does not always mean it's better. Most likely, you might actually have some things you're doing right now that if they were tweaked or if they were positioned the right way, could actually make you a lot more money than you think. But because they're not in the right way, and because you might not even know what they are, you're just thinking, oh, well, I need to move on to the next thing, or oh, this isn't working, so I have to go to the next place. But newer doesn't always mean better. And I'll explain this to you. So I noticed this happening a lot for chatbots. Uh, so chatbots were really big. They just were introduced to Facebook, I think, in 2016. And it started to, you know, really escalate last year and then a little bit in this year. And as I told you guys before, automating isn't always the best. And it's funny because I actually talked about chatbots when I was um, first beginning. I actually made a little course about it. And then I noticed that as the months progressed, chatbots are helpful but they're not the end all be all. They're not, they weren't really super helpful when it comes to like actually getting people to talk to you because they want people who are going to talk to a chatbot just want to know where they need to go next. 
when someone who wants to buy from you just wants to hear from you. And that's what I mean by newer doesn't always mean better because that's not always the case. Same thing with like the Colosseum, the Colosseum and the ruins. No one I know would try and choose that to put newer buildings in there, you know? So the last part about Rome, because there's so many things I could say about Rome, is branding speaks louder than words. And this is so true when you're in another country that has another language. Branding, the colors, the the way that it looks on the outside, the inside, the people inside, all of that makes up the branding, and it speaks louder than languages. For example, there was one or two stores that, I, that really caught my eye because I really appreciated how they looked and how it seemed and how it felt on the inside, but I had no idea what the actual name of it was called. I couldn't tell you at this point. But it shows how much branding can speak, and it can actually go farther than languages, can go farther than genders. Like, I just think when people don't take advantage of what they have in front of them, like creating a brand, not just like colors and visuals, but a personal brand with the positioning, with the messaging, with what I talk about in my pack and Pac-Man method, which I will definitely talk more about throughout the next year, without that, it's really hard for people to get a gauge of who you are especially if you're in another country or especially if people are coming to you for the first time, they need to know within three to five seconds who you are, what you do, and if you can help them straight up. And if you can't figure that out, if they can't figure that out, actually, then you might lose out on some customers. So those are the first three cities that I went to in 2018. That was literally at the end of December to first week of January in 2018. And then took a little bit of a break, went to a conference in San Diego in March, and then my next big one was Thailand in June and July. So I was in Thailand for about 10 days as well, and we went to two places, Phuket and Bangkok. Now this trip I actually did with some of my friends who were from my kickboxing dojo, which is a little bit different because we didn't have everything planned out as the one um, with the travel company, but it was still really great to see. So I actually was about to head to Thailand right after I finished the coaching program that I helped out with Sahara Rose, where I coached about 35 women, and it was fantastic, but also a good relief to go to Thailand. So the first place we went was Phuket. Phuket's kind of like a tourist town or a beachy town. It's very much, you know, where you go to relax and rest. And I noticed one of the biggest lessons that came up for me was it is possible to do both, but to use vacations as rest. So I remember our first night there, we actually got upgraded in our hotel room to have like a, you know, villa with a balcony and all this kind of stuff. And I noticed by the end of it, everyone else was sleeping and I was staying up to write emails in bed and I actually really enjoyed it. And I was like, oh wow, this can actually happen. Being able to do both can actually happen if you allow it to and if it works for you. But with the same token, vacation should also involve rest and your business should as well. You should be having at least one day off, if not more, because if you're so glued to your business, it's hard to see new ideas. It's hard to see what you actually need to do. For example, even today when I was writing my post, I was actually going to write a completely different one five hours earlier, but I got this idea to talk about where I was last year and it was fantastic. It came, it flowed out of me versus before it felt like pins and needles. And that's what I want you guys to realize is that if it feels that way, you're not supposed to be doing it. It's supposed to feel 
very fluid, very natural, and to not push against the grain like that, or else your business is going to always feel like you're just pushing rather than the pulling. So Phuket was beautiful. We saw a boat tour. <laughs> we had a tour guide whose name was Spicy. It was fantastic. And then uh, after that, we were there for, I think, only two days. We got delayed a lot. We actually got delayed for five hours in Vietnam, just on the tarmac, which is another story. But we went to Bangkok next. And Bangkok is where we had a good amount of our days since our home dojo was there. So from that, what we did was actually go to stay at our hotel room and actually had some calls to do when I was there, which was interesting. But to be honest, Bangkok was not my favorite city. I'm not saying it's not for anyone. It just wasn't for what I wanted. As I mentioned before, vacation, I wanted to be restful. And Bangkok reminded me very much of like New York City where it was go, go, go. Everyone was rushing around as very high stress, high energy. And after coming off of that big program, I was just wanting to relax a little bit more. And it was one of those things where it just didn't feel the way I wanted it to, but it was still a really great experience. So one of the best things that came out of it was we actually went to train at our home dojo literally every day for four days in the humidity in an outside dojo. It was intense. And it was amazing because it really helped you see to push past what you actually think is your home, is your base, is your foundation. Like for me, I never had done that before. And at one point I almost passed out, but I still kept going. And I think that's a huge point to know is that really depends on which environment, what you feel that day. But also one of the biggest things that was fun for us, I think, was we went to a Skyview hotel. They had an actual bar area on the 64th floor and you could see the whole entire landscape it was beautiful and it was just a really great night and you finally felt the wind because humidity was everywhere so if you can get wind you're gonna look for it and it helped me see sometimes you need that detachment that break away from being so close to everything and I noticed too many people don't do this they don't reflect on their business. They don't reflect on their year. They don't reflect on their month, their day, their their week. And when you don't do that, you can't see what's working, what's not working. You can't see what you need to be doing more of and not do more of. Like this aspect of reflection and reviewing needs to be talked about more in business because there's a reason why there's analytics because you need to see what's working, what's not working. And same thing is for your business in every aspect. Same things in your marketing. In every post, in every live, in every email, in every ad, you know, there's just so many things and not enough people take time to review it, including myself for a while. I never did it or I'd do it every once in a while. And there's something to be said about actually actively reviewing, reviewing your stuff. Okay, so after that, we came back home and then I was kind of relaxing for a while until about October. And I went to San Diego, I actually drove down there, since I only live about eight hours away. I drove down to San Diego for the Pace to be Brave event by Angie Lee. And it was very interesting for me because I went there, I went to San Diego prior in March for the Social Media Marketing World Conference, and that was just so polar opposite to this one, which was really cool to see the differences. But the biggest lesson that I learned there was to not only embrace but seek out connections because you can really grow a business more in connections and not even networking i hate that word but like more on relationship building than anything else like no matter as many strategies as i can give you 
you'll learn and you'll grow more with the connections. And that happened to me with one of the girls, her name was M, who actually was in my group coaching program, and she's amazing, and her and I are actually really close now. And then even talking to Angelie for a little bit, it was one of those things where it felt totally fine to me. Like, same thing with Sahara, both these people, you know, I'd known online. And it's just one of those things we have to realize that people, they're people too. And I noticed so many people were fangirling over everyone. Like, oh, there's Angelie, or oh, there's Sahara, oh, there's Amanda, like just so many people. And I knew none of them. Like, I knew a couple, but not super well because I was so immersed in my own space that to me, I met my person, Jenna Kutcher, yeah, in March at the Social Media Marketing World Conference. I literally was shaking when we took a picture. Super funny. Um, but in this conference, I felt in my element. It was really interesting. But I noticed so many people wouldn't actually make conversation with the people who they idolized because they were either afraid, oh, they wouldn't talk to me, or, oh, I'm not sure how it would go. And you have to remember, that's not what it's about. What it's about is really taking time for your business and building those blocks. And actually, I was speaking to, I think it was Angelie's best friend, who I later found out was a fitness influencer who had a lot of uh, followers on Instagram. Didn't know that, and it didn't bother me. Her and I were having a good conversation, and it just ended there. And I noticed for a lot of people, when you go in for the intent of trying to make connections for your business and not just make a connection, it comes across totally different. Because when I was just talking to talk, that's when you connect deeper than if you're talking to like try and get them on your podcast or try and get them on X, Y, or Z. So if you're going into your business for 2019 and wanting to do collaborations, think about how you can build a natural relationship based off interests or something you can give them that'll help them see the value in you. So there are a lot more cities that I actually went to. Um, actually, a couple were for weddings uh, that were more in state, but these were all the ones that I did that were either out of the country or San Diego, which was just a conference thing that I wanted to mention. And if you have any questions or any help with suggestions on where to go throughout these places, I can try and give you some advice um, from that. And you can just email me or DM me at I am Danielle Clem because I think what's really great is talking about this kind of stuff, talking about our review and seeing what we're going to do better in 2019. So I hope you guys love this episode, and if you have any questions, any help, any fun facts you want to give me, let me know, and I'll talk to you guys all in the next episode. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to The Female Entrepreneur's Journey with Danielle Clem. If you like our show and want to know more, check out the show notes to join in the Insiders Facebook group, or please leave us a review on iTunes. Join us next week for another dose of business, branding, and everything in between. See you then.